Amen. Return to sender. Now, I've chosen these opening words, okay, in this sermon that I've been studying about here. Dealing with sacrifice because God values sacrifice. Ask Christ. Ask Richard in Manila. God values sacrifice. Ask Abraham. Okay? He values sacrifice like nothing else. The key verse in Genesis 22, the verses that we read are verses 5 and 19 because they talk about returning. Okay? We see the words return. Return to sender. See, return is a banking term. It is. It's used by bankers. Returns. It's a banking statement. Okay? That's when you give, when you put money into the bank, you'll eventually have many happy returns. It'll return to you because it's being invested there. And that is what happened to Abraham and what can happen to you and I when we enter the realm of sacrifice. It has many happy returns, and I'm going to prove it to you in just a little bit. In Genesis 22, Abraham faced well, I've preached many, many years ago a sermon called The Final Test. Abraham had been tested and tested and tested and tested, and he'd grown, he'd passed them. He'd had quizzes, different things in his life. But this was the final test. This was like finals in school. Uh, this was the big one. I think it's finals week for some of the people here. Hallelujah. Uh, well, you're going to get your finals here first before you have it over there in the secular world. Okay? See, in, in looking at the scriptures, we're going to see that Abraham passed his final exam with fine colors. Because we've seen that to live and to give in the sacrificial realm is measured not on what you give, but on what you have left. Okay? We measure the tithe because you give 10%. That can be measured. Generosity is above that, above and beyond your tithes, above and beyond the call of duty. But sacrifice can be measured not on how much you've given, but on how much you have left. Remember the widow woman? She only gave two mites. But the Bible says, hey, she gave with all her mites. Hallelujah. She gave all. So it can be measured. She gave everything. So she gave sacrificially. That's sacrificial giving. When we measure, not how much you gave, but on how much you have left. And the Bible will be very clear and precise in showing that Abraham gave his all when he was willing to give up his son, Isaac. Christ himself was that ultimate sacrifice because he too ended up with nothing left. He gave everything at the cross. He had nothing. That's why it was a sacrifice. Totally. He gave everything he had. Uh, see, Christ's sacrifice to this day is still yielding many happy returns as well. It yielded you if you're saved and born again. Uh, it's, see, sacrifice yields many happy returns. And Christians should be the happiest people in the world. I know that we walk by faith, not by feelings. But hey, we should be, we should be feeling good like a Christian should. Uh, just the mere fact that you're saved going to heaven, whoo, that makes me feel good. Uh, because of knowledge, I feel good. Uh, see, Abraham was tested, not tempted. The Bible says God tempts no man. But he'll test you every now and then to see how you're doing. Uh, he was tested by God in order to prove his love for God. God, every now and then, is going to show up to your pad, and he's going to give you a pad and pencil. Uh, and he's going to have you take a test because he wants to see how you love him. To prove. The proof is in the pudding. Hallelujah. See, tests in school are given for us to show proof how much we know. And tests by God are given to show how much we love God. See, our love needs to be measured. He says, now I know, Abraham, that you love me. I have measured your love, and it comes out sacrificial. What great love you have. 
And God will measure your love. A lot of times through your giving. Uh, see, tests in our Christian walk are very important. James 1.12 says, and the testings of your faith. God will test your faith. Uh, see, no doubt Abraham was more than a little thrown and bewildered by the command of God to take his only begotten son, Isaac, and go sacrifice him. That would throw me for a loop. When I was reading this, I started, I started thinking about her seven, my son. How difficult it would be to take my son and... Give me them drumsticks. I want to put them on fire. Uh, sit down on all them drumsticks. Shriek away. Uh, that would be very, very difficult. See, if that was the case, to sacrifice his only son then God would have to be canceling his original promise to make Abraham the father of many nations. He would have to think about this. But I'm supposed to be the father of many nations. We can't have children anymore. I mean, you know, it's been 33 years. People say that he was about 33 years at the age of Jesus when he was going to be sacrificed. Huh? But Abraham had already been up there 100 years old when he had him. Sarah was 90. So now 90 and 33 makes quite an age. Shush. Ah. Ay, ay, ay. So... It was going to be difficult. So he'd be thinking, man, God's got to cancel that. that how am I going to be the father of many nations? This is rather difficult. See, Abraham couldn't help but wonder and ask, did God really say that? Did God really ask for us to leave the Eden church? Is that really you, God, behind those foster grants? Ah, you wanted us to come over here and walk on water? Ah. Nevertheless, Abraham responded and acted, responded and acted. In fact, the Bible says that he took his two disciples and he took his son and he obeyed God. See, no doubt Abraham grieved. His thoughts, my friend, are not printed here in the Bible too much regarding this incident. But the Bible, see, it chooses its words very economically. It doesn't say a lot about what Abraham went through. But I, I know he went through a lot of head changes. But the Bible doesn't print that. It's real economical with its words. When I could just imagine, hijo mano. Uh, if Abraham was a Chicano, he would have said that. Hijo mano. Uh, mijo o mayo. Mi hijo. Hijo lajo. That's what he would have said. Uh, see, Abraham did some heavy evaluating. But in faith, Abraham slowly made his way towards Mount Moriah, Calvary, in Jerusalem. Uh, it took him three days. Three days of head tripping, head tripping. God, you told me you're going to give me treasures out of darkness. God, you told me I'm going to be the father of many nations as the sand on the seashore, as the stars in the heavens. Three nights he had to spend. Can you imagine three nights just by sitting by the fire, the kids asleep, the two disciples are asleep? He couldn't get much sleep. He's got to go kill his son. Do you know what would happen every time he'd look up at night? He'd see the promises of God. Now, that, that's helped me, and that's helped Pastor Sonny and a number of the ministers who, when we, we're, we're ministering and not too much results are happening, but all of a sudden we look up uh, and say, hey, God's going to give us treasure out of darkness. It's going to happen by hook or by hook. Not by hook or by crook, guys. Those days are over. Uh, but it's going to happen. But you have to have faith. Without faith, you can't please God. Uh, see, Abraham must have thought God's ways were rather mysterious and hard. But nonetheless, the Bible says he obeys. To obey is better than sacrifice. See, when God asks an individual to sacrifice certain things, God will stick even closer to that individual. Did you hear that? That's a heavy statement. When He asks you to sacrifice, He comes closer to you. Why? Again, because God values 
sacrifice. Didn't you hear me say that? He values sacrifice. He puts a high premium on it. He's an expert at it. Takes one to know what. Huh? When you were in the neighborhood and you were fighting, some of you, traviesos, troublemakers, uh, and then you see another guy that comes and says, oh, no, this guy's as nut as I am. Uh, I'm a fruitcake. He's nuttier than a fruitcake. And I said, man, if I choose this guy, I know he ain't going to back down. And we're going we're gonna to have to rumble city. Uh, it's going to happen. Because it took one to know one. Uh, and then they fight, and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, they're hanging out. Listen to all the girls, you know. He's tough, I'm tough, come on. Uh, rough and ready. I'm rough and he's ready, right? Oh, you're ready and I'm rough. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, they'll take another rumble to settle who's rough and ready. Uh, but because it takes one to know one. See, when God asks you to sacrifice, it takes one to know. He knows who can do it and who can't and who will. Because he's an expert at sacrificing. He sacrifices his only begotten son. He knows what he's talking about. He's not talking on the side of his neck. He identifies with sacrifice. It's his cup of tea, if you will. Uh, now, sometimes and somewhere between Beersheba and Mount Moriah, Abraham comes up with a very startling revelation. Uh, a mental discovery. Which is that God is able to raise somebody from the dead. Within the three days, I had to hit him. He goes, man, if God asked me, to, that means he didn't put limits on God. He says, if I have to sacrifice my son, God can raise him from the dead. Because he was going to do it. That's obedience, and that's faith, and that's belief, and that's trust. So somehow the resurrection came to play here already. And some of you that have to sacrifice your finances, don't worry about it. God can... If you got it before, you'll get it again. Uh, you got to get your checkbook. Use your left. It's all right. Hallelujah. Down, because God is able to resurrect. And you need to understand that. But you have to have belief in that. See, the reason we know that, it's found in verse 5. And verse 5 says, of Genesis 22, he says, Abraham tells his disciples that he and Isaac will go worship. And once they're done worshiping, what does verse 5 says? They're going to come back. Both of them. Not just Abraham. He says, we will return before General MacArthur. Uh, he said it. Jesus said it. Abraham said it. By the way, uh, and this is a little deep and heavy. The reason Abraham wouldn't let his servants come Listen to this. This is profound to me. Was because they might stop him. Like Peter who wanted to stop Jesus from going to the cross. Remember Jesus? God forbid, Jesus. No, no. You're not going to die. I'm going to take care of you. Me and Nikki Cruz. We're going to let nobody touch you, Jesus. Ah, Those two disciples. Because they were real good disciples. I could preach on those disciples. Just those two disciples. I could, I could speak on the, a sermon on them. Those guys were rugged. Victor Arachaba disciples. You ever seen those Victor Arachaba disciples? Brother, you're in charge. You don't let nobody come into this room because all the pastors are going to be there. Did you know that one time David Wilkerson was our feature speaker at one of our conferences? And he was, he was a feature speaker, but the guys didn't know who he was. And they made him sit in the back. Remember that, Josie? I was there. I saw it. I was coming in. I saw that. Wilkerson just... Obedient. I mean, he was like the our grandfather, you know, great, great, great. He's, he's like the granddaddy of it all. He was... And then David, oh my God, when he got the mic. You know, Sonny? You know, Sonny? What are those two guys? They probably, <laughs> but he commended them. He says, no, that's, that's good discipleship, guys. Good discipleship. 
And he says, now I can tell something, something good's happening in this ministry. Because that's the way these students are. But I'm not going to preach on them. I could preach on them. I'm not going to preach on them. Uh, but that's why, see, Abraham knew his disciples. He says, these guys are too much, man. They're going to stop me. Uh, they no, no, no. I, I can't. These guys are rugged dudes. No. So he leaves them. But he also leaves them for, for, for a reason. Okay? They didn't have enough faith. That's the key. They didn't have enough faith. So Abraham didn't want them to participate. Right now we're going to be having picking up pledges. Some of you are not going to participate because you don't have enough faith. That's, that's, the, that's the bottom line. You don't have any, these, these guys wouldn't have been able to participate in the sacrifice, so he leaves them there. Because they didn't understand the father of faith, Abraham. And how much faith it takes to give and to sacrifice everything. Uh, see, some of you are, again, you're not going to participate. And you're the ones that God will not allow you to participate because you don't have enough faith yet. Not yet, I said yet. Someday you will. See, only faith will allow us to get our building. Only faith will. And it's going to take sacrificial giving and sacrificial living. Uh, you won't have, you know, uh, and excuse me, you won't, you're not going to give today because you don't believe. And, you don't, you know, and faith and belief are a key in Christianity. The just shall live by faith. Now, faith always comes alone before God. That's what Abraham did. That's the way faith is. It comes alone. It's between you and God. It's a personal thing. See, Abraham was mature enough to know and spot and understand that. Thus, my friend, he forbids the two servants from coming and participating in the sacrifice. Now, those of you who do participate here in, in the sacrificing and, 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 and the pledging, okay, you're going you're gonna to prove your maturity and that you're growing. Remember I, I mentioned that earlier in, in, first, in Philippians 1.25 that your faith grows and evolves. And some, some, of you, you, some of you are going to be like, ooh, but watch, watch what God's going to do, watch. Because I already read the sermon, and I know it, hallelujah. Uh, but some of you, your faith's going to grow, and you're going to say, did I do, did I, did I, did I do that? Uh, hey, plus we've, we've got electricity uh, microbes in some of your chairs. How many of you a thousand? Uh, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, a life of sacrifice always leads an individual closer to God. Did you hear me? Always. And it brings some heavier, deeper revelations of God. Look at Hebrews 11. The, the chapter of what? Faith. It's called the Hall of Faith. Hebrews 11. It gives you a deeper understanding and, and revelation of God. The life of sacrifice. Hebrews 11, verses 17, 18, and 19. <coughs> And I just want to prove to you what I'm talking about here, biblically. Hebrews 11, 17 says, by what? Abraham, who was the father of faith. Remember I've mentioned before, who's the first one mentioned in Hebrews Hall of Faith? Who's the first one mentioned? God. People might say it's, you know, that, that Abel. See how verse 4 says, by faith, Abel? They think Abel's the first guy leading out the Hall of Faith. No, it says, by faith, God. God is... Uh, has faith too. He saved you. That takes a lot of faith. He trusts you. That takes a lot of faith. Hijo. Uh, but look at verse 17, 18, and 19. 17. By faith Abraham, when God, what? Tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offering will be reckoned. Okay? Reckoning day. Abraham reasoned 
or reckoned that God could raise the dead. See, there it is. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Now look at verse 29. This is the key verse. This is the key verse. Verse 29. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. Have you seen the prince of Egypt? You know what I'm talking about. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, what happened to them? Why do you think they drowned? How many of you have seen the prince of Egypt? Uh, we can make it. Yeah, we're going to get to the other side. We're going to get our building. Uh, uh, when we get there. Maybe the choir can sing that song. We don't have a choir. Yes, we do. Bye. When we get there. That would be a good song. When we get there. Uh, that would be bad. But you know why the Egyptians didn't go through? No faith. Only faith pleases God. And, and the Israelites were going by faith. Or, and that was pleasing God, so it held up the Red Sea. But these other guys could not participate in the crossing of the Red Sea. Because they didn't have no faith. That's why some of you will not participate here today in giving and pledging because you don't have the faith yet. Yet. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. So some of you are going to participate. And you're going to say, did I do that? Did I say that? Oh no, my wife's going to divorce me. No, she won't. She's going to draw closer to you. And you're going to draw closer to God. And when you draw closer to God, and she draws closer to God, what have I said before? What happens? You draw closer to each other. Maybe you're in an argument. Sundays is a good time for arguments. That's the devil. Right, honey? We've been through many Sundays. Sundays are the time. We got to get to church. Then you come to church and start, holy, holy, holy. There she is. There she is. Lord God Almighty. Ah, oh, forget it, man. Shh. Over a tube of toothpaste. Come on, honey. Let me squeeze you. Forget the squeeze of the toothpaste. Te lavaste los dientes con gleam, hombre. Hallelujah. Give me a kiss, honey. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> don't give me that look. Praise God. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, see, the Egyptians couldn't cross because they had no faith. But then, sure enough. Reckoning day comes with Abraham and Isaac. And Isaac is asked a million dollar question. He asks his dad, Dad, where is the lamb in verse 7? And Abraham answers, it was that God will provide for himself. And Isaac loves his father. Okay, and, and he loves him so much that he leaves his father's answer alone. He doesn't mess with it. He doesn't touch it. He doesn't question, okay, or contest his father's answer. Doesn't, doesn't rebel, doesn't come against it. Like Jesus years later, in Mark 13, 32, he says, no, 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 not my will. Whatever you want, God, because he was his father. He'll do whatever he wanted his father asked him to do. Okay? See, Isaac was the epitome of like father, like son. Did you hear me? Like father, like son. That's what we got to be like Pastor Sonny. Sonny's got a lot of faith. The workers have got a lot of faith. So we got to be the same way. That's one of my gifts. I know that. So we have to be the same way as a church operating in faith. See, Isaac was willing and submitted to his father. He was a willing, submitted disciple. Even in the act of having to put, be put on the altar, he didn't resist. He had to be tied and bound, the Bible says. And he was a lot stronger than his dad. Uh, yeah, he was because he was younger. His dad was a viejito, little old guy, you know. Uh, he could have downed him, but he was obedient. He let his father, he didn't resist. He let his father tie him up. Uh, that's heavy discipleship. See, Isaac, like his father Abraham, 
was very used to living a sacrificial life. Learned to live in the realm of the sacrificial. They were already used to it. And I would dare say in a ministry like ours, we're, we're, we're somewhat used to it. But if you're not, you got to... That's why Pastor Sonny's always saying, Steve, stretch the people. What do you think Pastor Ed was saying? Pastor Ed's good at raising up finances. But he's doing it for a reason, for a purpose. Because he, we're looking, my friend, to be a legacy. Uh, not, not something like, like he was mentioning in these other ministries. They come and they wither away. No, we're here for the duration and more. And we need to understand that. Uh, see, this action upon the altar of God would just prove to be the ultimate sacrifice. For he knew, my friend, that he was going to have nothing left. That's the ultimate sacrifice, when you have nothing left. And may I make mention now that in order for a sacrifice to be a sacrifice, it has to be done voluntarily. John 10, 17 and 18 talk about that. In other words, it can't be out of compulsion. It, compulsion. Sacrifice must be voluntary. I'm not going to have to read the scriptures to you right now because I want to move quickly. But in John 10, 17 and 18, it talks about Jesus. He says, no man takes my life. I lay it down. A sacrifice has to be voluntary. In other words, here today, we're not going to, it's not out of compulsion. We don't have electrodes running in your chairs. That's not volunteering. Uh, if you want to do it, it's got to be from here. Heart. Cora. Uh, see, if we love, we give. Because love sacrifices. For God to so love the world, what did he do? He gave, and he did it voluntarily. Love gives, love sacrifices. And now another key thing that we find in this story is what we don't find. And I'm going to finish with this. A key thing that we find in this story in Genesis 22 is what we don't find. I mentioned earlier that the writer here in Genesis is very economical with his words. And he does fail to mention much about the emotion of both Abraham and Isaac. Listen to me as I close, because I like this ending. This is one of the better endings I think God has ever given me, dealing with emotion. See, because if he, if, if he, if he would have written a lot of words about what's happening here, he would have been, he would have run out of ink. If it would have been a newspaper reporter, what are you going through right now? Okay, like right now you, you pick up the paper. Guess what you're going to read a lot? Mike Tyson's emotions. That bleep, 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 blank, bleep, bleep. Because he finally got in the ring again. And he had a lot to say. Because of his emotions, he's back. He fought yesterday. Uh, reporters will do that. And if, if the writer of Genesis, which people say was Moses, uh, if he would have been writing here about Abraham, he would have been writing, but he's very economical with his words because he knows that emotion doesn't carry a lot of weight. Uh, the proof is in the what? The emotion? In the putting, in the action, in the doing. Uh, see, they no doubt would have had some very heated emotions, but very little is mentioned of and about Abraham and Isaac's feelings. Very little is mentioned about it. Why? No doubt because we as believers, we walk by faith, not by sight or not by feelings. See, understand that the Bible gives more attention to their actions, not their feelings. Did you hear me? The Bible refers more in Genesis 22, more about their actions. Matter of fact, turn back to it because we're going to finish by reading a little bit there of what happened. Genesis 22. It talks more about their actions than their feelings. Feelings can be fickle. And if you're, if you're going to get married... And you're going to walk by feelings. Ah, did you hear all that? <laughs> Those are married couples. <laughs> ah, I mean, you'll be sleeping with king. Ah, come here, king. Hug me. Ah, I'm cold. 
Feelings are fickle, but not so with faith. Faith is obedient. Faith acts in trust. Even in just a little while, we're going to pick up sacrifices and pledges. God's attention is in your action, not in your emotion. Did you hear me? He, he, a lot of you are going through some emotions right now. Should I or shouldn't I? Oh my goodness. Everybody's going to see me. Uh, see, some of you here today, especially those that are hearing this message, your emotions are torn and tearing your guts in the inside. Man, I can't afford to give. I can't, gee, I can't afford that. All, all those feelings are, are tearing you up in the inside. But God is not looking at your feelings. He's not looking at your emotions. He's going to be waiting for your actions when the offering plate goes around. That's what he's going to be looking for. That's the reason why there's a scripture in the Bible that says, uh, talking about one son, the father said, son, go work. He asked two of his sons. One said, I will, and he didn't. He said, I will! But then he went and hung around with the fellas. Uh, those of you that have children, you know what I'm talking about. Mija, do the dishes. I will! I'm going to do it right now! Ah, uh, uh, and then the other one. Mija, do the dishes. Ah, oh, man, why me all the time? Tell Val to do it. Oh, did I use names? I'm sorry. I had to be discreet here. Use wisdom. Oh, my goodness. And then we come, hey, the dishes are done. Who did the dishes? The one that didn't say they wasn't going to do it, to say to do the other one. See, forget about the emotion. The bottom line is the dishes. Hallelujah. <laughs> the actions. Are you with me? Ah. See, while the other son said he wouldn't do it, yet he did, because it was a question of obedience, not emotions. It's a question of obedience, not emotions. Now, the key to Abraham's test here in Genesis 22 is that Abraham did not falter at the altar. Uh, he acted obediently and voluntarily. He did it out of his own free will, or his own volition, willingly. See, I pray that we too will act as such this morning. Sacrifice is an act of giving, of not withholding, of not spraying anything. God gave us Jesus freely. Freely you have received, freely give. God freely spared us He gave His all to us. He'll give us all things, the Bible says. That's the ultimate in sacrifice and in giving. When you give all and you have nothing left. But it's up to us to decide what and how much to give. Uh, See, Abraham did not withhold, the Bible says. Proverbs speaks about there is one who withholdeth, yet it comes to nothing. Yet there is another one who scatters or he gives, and yet it increaseth. Abraham proved his faith by his actions. He passed his final test, and he made it to Stanford. Hallelujah. Uh, Because faith without works is what? Dead. Once a person passes a test, as Abraham did, then God heavily intervenes and does his part. Uh, Remember when David said, how can I sit here in the palace when God is living in a tent? He said, I can't do that. He got up and he says, man, I got to build God a a house. I got to build him a temple. Then God sends Nathan the prophet and says, go, 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 go tell David this. You think you're going to do this and that for me? Sit down, son. All I wanted to see was your obedience and your willingness. Now sit down. And I will do this and I will do that and I will do this. Second Samuel 7 talks about that and I preached about it yesterday. 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you a name, Victory Outreach, as great as any name on this planet. I will plant you in cities. I will give you increase. I will do this and that for you. See, God just waiting for our sacrificial giving and our sacrificial living. Then he says, sit down, son. You think you're going to do this and that for me? You ain't seen nothing yet, Victory Outreach. Look what I'm going to do for you. All I wanted to see was your faith and your obedience and your willingness and your voluntary doing. Look what I'm going to do for you. And he'll do it. He'll come through. But he's just checking us out. He'll do his part. Ah, he always does and always will because he's willing. And that's exactly what happened to Abraham in Genesis 22. God stuck to his promises by taking an oath regarding the blessings towards Abraham and his family. The Bible says that Abraham and Isaac returned. Abraham and Isaac, both of them, returned back to the two servants. They were happy, they were blessed, and they were content. They packed their things and they traveled back to Beersheba, lighter in load and lighter in spirit. Happy. They had less stuff now. They were happy because they had given, they sacrificed. So they had many happy returns. We're returning back to Beersheba. Ah, whoo, happy. Because that's how you feel when you do with God, when you're obedient and you're sacrificed to God. You, you feel a lot lighter. You feel good. That's what happened to me the day I gave my life to Christ. When I walked to the altar, man, uh, here's, here's how I came to God. I don't know about some of you, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm emulating or relieving some of you guys when you came to God. And I've told you how I, I didn't get on my knees. I, you know, I had my beanie in my back pocket, my sandals, and my, my you know, state-issued blue socks. And I've told you why I had my state-issued blue socks. Mario, have you heard why I wore my blue socks? Because every time I'd look down, I was always looking down, I could walk better. Because when I would look at my blue socks and my sandals, because you could see through them, I, I, I could be walking like, oh, my what a bummer, I'm a drug addict. But all of a sudden, oh, I've been to the pen. So I didn't kneel. Here's what I did. I went like this. Like if I was hanging out in front of the pearly gates. All right, God, head, head on, you know. But he, he changed my life. I got up. I did. I felt like because I sacrificed my life, I gave him my all, everything. It hasn't been easy, but I meant it. And I don't go back on my word. Uh, gave everything. That's the way it felt like. See, when you live a life of sacrifice, you travel a lot lighter and a lot better and a lot happier because you've given to God. See, I believe the best way to end this sermon is in chapter 22, verses 20 and 24. Then I'm going to close. I'm going to close right now. Look at verses 20 through 24 in Genesis 22. It's the best way to, and this is so important for your life and for your family. There's family represented here today. Verses 20 to 24, Genesis 22. Sometime later, Abraham was told, Milcah is also a mother. She has born sons to your brother Nahor. Uz, the firstborn, 
Buzz, his brother. What a, what a name, huh? Us and Buzz. <laughs> Pingy and Toti, hallelujah. These are my brothers. Malu and Lali. Ay, ay, ay. Kamel, the father of Aram. Keset, likes girls. Hazel, Pildesh, Jilpath, and Bethel. Bethel became the father of Rebekah. Milcah bore those eight sons to Abraham's brother Nahar. His concubines, whose name was Ramua, also had sons Teba, Geham, Tehesh, and Maka. Uh, that's a little baby one. Maka. Maka. Kamaka. Venaka. Come over here. Ay, ay, ay. That's a baby one. Uh, this shows the keeping of God's covenant with Abraham to bless his what? Family. This was only the beginning of God's keeping his promises to Abraham to bless him and all of his descendants as mentioned in, in these verses. All those, those people mentioned here that I just read, they were all descendants of Abraham. But that was just the beginning. And it all came about through a willingness to sacrifice. Sacrifice has its reward. God values sacrifice heavy because he identifies with it. He knows all about sacrifice. Uh, you want to see your family saved? This will happen. As I was reading those names, I don't know about you, but I was putting, I even mentioned Pingy and Toti, my brothers. And they got saved the other day when we had the rally. Remember that? Some of you that were there. It was so powerful for me. Uh, my brother, Tony, who could have beat Mike Tyson, trust me. He was over here. Then Albert, over here. Oh, I was just, and man, I, I've always felt for my brother Tony. He's the second. And man, I went to go hug him. But God just, you know, I, I said, I, was, I thought I was going to break. Because I've always, he's like, he was right next to me. And I helped train him in many ways. Matter of fact, really, he thought, he, I, I believe he could have beat Mike Tyson. And the, the other day when I did my grandmother's funeral, he told everybody that I could beat him up. No way. No way. But don't tell him. Shh. Let him think that he could still, do, that I could. Because every time we box in the ring, I could box. And I, I, I used to beat him. I did. But, but I couldn't beat him. This guy was, whoosh. That was mean. Matter of fact, yesterday we were watching a boxing match. Some of you were at my house. And I was telling everybody, look what, look what this guy's going to do. Look what that guy's He's going to do this. He's going to do that. Because the guy was from Oxnard, Robert Garcia. And, and Pingy helped train these guys. So everything my brother did, even turned south, possibly south, we, that's what we used to do. All the, then, then, then how we, he, the guy moved like this. That's what we used to do. So my brother, but I never had time with him because I spent a lot of time with you guys. Sacrificing. Sacrifice a lot. And I, and I love you people. And man, I went to go hug him. And I said, brother, I had to say it. I said, don't, Bingy, I love you. He goes, I know it. Wow. That hit me. I didn't think he knew it. Because I'm always over here. He goes, I know it. And so God just short-stopped my tears. I go, okay, gosh. <sighs> he knows it. But then I went to go see my other brother. He, he got saved too. Uh, see, there's, sacrifice has its rewards, what I'm trying to say. And it involves you and your family, your descendants. The sacrifice we're going to make today is for our own church building. For your family to come in. Have the classrooms. Uh, we just get our foot in the door. There's more property where that came from. Right around that place. We're just starting. We should have had property a long time ago, people. We should have. I just didn't, I'm not a business guy. But it's time now. But we got to band together. And that, that, that classrooms and those churches are going to be for your descendants and your descendants' descendants. Your children, your children's children, your children. That, that'll be part of Victor Rich. Por vida. For life. Hallelujah. Real eternal life in the hood. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.
Before I ask for sacrificial giving, I want to pray first and foremost for those of you that are here today and you need forgiveness of sins. You need to get right with God. That's what the gospel is all about. That's what we're going to raise the money for, to win souls. To have a lighthouse there in the East Bay community that we can call our own. But I want to, it's to give us a platform to preach the gospel. I've preached it here today. And I believe there's some of you here today, you need forgiveness of sins. If that's you, you need to get right with God. Before we pick up the pledges, I'm going to ask those of you that need to get right with God. Because you're more important than the pledges. You're what the pledges are all about. God sacrificed his life for your sins. He can forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And change your life. Just like I walked to that altar all messed up. And I felt light. Some of you feel heavy. You're carrying a heavy burden on your shoulders. You don't need to carry it. Give it to God. There we hit us about it. And right close, but a God moving and ministering here this morning.